Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It's a great pleasure to welcome again to Viewpoints uh, a semi-regular guest, uh, Andrew Dalgleish, who's the president of the Victorian Principals Association. Welcome back to Viewpoints, uh, Andrew. Good afternoon, Henry, and, and thank you very much for uh, for having me back. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, I, I don't, you don't need me to tell you that it's it's busy times for us, but it's also busy times for you. There's been a lot going on this year in the VPA, uh, apart from the the celebrations. Uh, but tell us a little bit about what uh, has transpired this year so far. Look, there, there certainly has, Henry, and, and part of the work that we do uh, from the VPA is, is certainly work with our members and, and work to amplify their voice, and that's with department and government around the challenges we're facing, but also to celebrate the successes that we're having. And, uh, you know, daily those successes are occurring in schools, but it doesn't mean that it's not without extremely hard work and, and leaning into that work. Mm, and... Um Separate to that, you've had a, a fairly, and I was fortunate enough and um, honoured enough to be able to attend. There was a celebration that went on. It, it was an auspicious one in terms of, I think, uh, a timeline and, and, and the work that the association does for principals. Look, it was, Henry, and, and we officially celebrated 50 years as an association last year. Uh, we had planned a, a get-together to, to celebrate that with, with current and past members. Uh, unfortunately, COVID-19 crueled that for us, as it did for many other things. But it was exciting back uh, early May to be able to bring together uh, over 100 uh, guests uh, and, and acknowledge the work that the VPA has done, uh, celebrate that with members, with life members, and hear from some of those members around just how important the work of the VPA was for them uh, and how, how important it will continue to be into the future. And uh, with COVID hitting us and also just the nature of the job changing uh, in a number of ways in over the years, Andrew, that sense of collegiality, yeah, it, it's rather priceless. And uh, the, to what extent and how well do you think the VPA addresses that need that we all have? Look, Henry, even, I believe it's even more important now than, than it has ever been. Uh, and, and certainly principals are understanding that because uh, for things that have been totally outside of their control, they have not been able to come together collegiately. Now, one of, one of the activities that we do throughout each term is come together and, and have meetings with our principals uh, to talk about implementation of programs to to discuss issues that they may be facing at the local level. Uh, one, of, one of the things that absolutely strikes me is, is that many of those meetings, Henry, are, are breakfast meetings. Uh, you know, principals will come together at 7.30 in the morning and we'll, we'll share a meal together. We'll, we'll talk about the work that we're doing. We'll celebrate things that are happening in the local uh, local area. You know, and what really strikes me is that, that fundamentally that is because principals are saying we want to come together but we absolutely then need to get back into our schools and be working with our children, our communities and our staff. Absolutely. And uh, the nature of uh, the sorts of meetings we have over the years has changed. And, and my view is, and I've shared this with you before, I think the VPA fills uh, what's to some extent a bit of a void for that and the job can be quite lonely. Look, it, it can be. And um, again, I, I had a meeting this morning in Bendigo. So we're talking... You know, in, in many cases, we've got some of our larger regional schools, but we also have some of our very small rural regional schools uh, where it may be single teacher, two, three or four teachers. So to, to bring those people together um, to discuss 
what they're facing, to talk about the the impact that they're having, the teaching and learning programs. Um, you know, it, it really is so important uh, because, the, as you said, the, the role can be lonely, but we should never make it lonely. You know, it, it's, it's such an important part of our work to be able to discuss what we're doing with colleagues. Now, we're in the third year of this pandemic. It It's morphed into something different, I think, each year to what we were hoping for and or expected. Um, what are you seeing out there in terms of the impact in year three of the COVID pandemic? Uh, look, it's... It, it, in, in some cases, we're seeing um, incredibly weary staff members and, and principals. In others, we're seeing uh, we, we're leaning into the work with a degree of optimism because this is the right work. Uh, discussions I've had, particularly over the last two or three weeks, has been have been with principals who've said, you know, I've been in, I've actually had to teach again, but when I go into that teaching environment, it's actually really peaceful. And, and I sort of look at them quizzically and, and they say, no, no, what, it, what I mean is I can actually be in the moment. I, I can be in the moment. I can be working with children. This is why I started this journey, this career, um, without the interruptions of so many other things. And then what they're, re- what they're referring to is, is certainly around the administrative work. And at times they'll talk about compliance work. So they, they enjoy that time. Then they get to the end of the day and go, okay, now I have to continue on with, with the other work. Uh, they're enjoying it, but there's also an incredible load on them around that too. Now, in many ways, the VPA are, to, to an extent, a conduit between uh, the DET, Department of Education and Training, and, and school leadership. Um, you've been in that role a little while now. Um, how's it, uh, how are you finding that bridge that you clearly uh, an important part of between the schools and the centre? Look, I think the really important part of this, Henry, is that, that we work extremely powerfully with the with the DET to build a purposeful relationship, and, and that is that we are part of the one system. But, but what we can bring to the table is the voice of the professionals. We can amplify the voice of, of principals in their schools uh, around the impact uh, of initiatives as they're rolled out. Now, from my perspective, we want to be having those discussions earlier and earlier with the department so that when it comes to implementation stage, those uh, those projects, those programs can roll out smoothly um, and, and, and have that support behind principles. You know, the, the last thing we want to see is a policy, a program is developed, great intentions, uh, it gets rolled out on top of the work that principals are already doing. Now, again, we want to see success in our schools. We want to see our children achieving and learning and growing. That's that's the core part of our work. But we also want to engage in the development of those programs as well. Mm. Now, an area that uh, you're rather privileged in compared to many of us, and that is that you do work directly in that role of the president of the VPA with with the, the senior bureaucrats. And uh, out in the schools, we can... Uh, well, we do have a limited view of what it's like there and sometimes that can be jaundiced. Uh, your take on those people and the work and the pressure they're under, we know what we're under, uh, I'd assume it's pretty severe for them and, and their commitment to make all this work. I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Henry. You know, 
those people who are working in in our central and regional offices are, are are under immense pressure because we talk about the reform that's going on in our schools. We're talking about government initiatives, and 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 you know the expectation is that, that they will be implemented. Now, COVID has certainly impacted on so much of that wonderful work over the last few years. Uh, but again, it's 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 having those ongoing conversations, putting forth and providing feedback is is such an important part of that. You know, again, seeing people that are working incredibly hard, but not necessarily being able to get the impact as quickly as they may like, uh, and or having to slow down some of those initiatives to to support the challenges that are being faced in schools. It it it's it, it created a greater need again for that regular conversation back and forward about what is working and what can we continue to develop together. Mm. Now, one of the areas, and it's it's become a bit of a chestnut, and you've heard it over and over. Um, shortage of teachers, shortage of people applying for leadership positions. How far are we from having those shortages, you know, um, meaningfully addressed? Because they they are causing pressure and worry. Look, they are, Henry, and schools are seeing it every day. It's not just the short-term replacement of CRTs, but it's it's having people apply for uh, for positions, not just in rural and regional Victoria or, or traditionally what may have been hard-to-staff schools. So uh, certainly part of our work as a VPA, part of the department's work is, is also working with initial teacher education providers around how do we attract but also how do we retain teachers? Now, this is not just in Victoria. This is across Australia. In fact, it's it's even internationally. Um, I've got involved in in conversations with AITSL on a national level. Uh, The department certainly have put in place and and are starting to work around teacher supply and demand pathways to, to continue to discuss with the profession what are some other strategies we can try to not just retain teachers who are currently in the system, but to attract new ones to enter teacher training. Uh, One of the things that concerns me is there's no easy fix for this. Um, And I think we are going to be under under pressure for for some time to come yet. Mm, No, you're right. And the fact that it does have an an international phenomenon uh, suggests that there are some big picture issues there that that we can't really blame individual um, constituencies on entirely. Look, this is this is the case, Henry, and, and I've had conversations with the media over the last week around uh, teacher shortages, Monash reviews, and, and and information that's been put out. And you know, I, I had a conversation with a, with a television producer this morning around a story that they were wishing to 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 run, and and I just said, look, I. Probably part of my frustration is earlier in this week we were talking about the importance of attracting and retaining teachers and staffing shortages and yet here we are going to head down another story about aggressive behaviour in our schools or aggression from our families or, or so on. Now, yes, we, we know that that's a concern and an issue and, and we're working to address that and we're seeing an issues in place and even legislation from government to help address that. But I think we need to continue to focus, and we do this within our profession, but at, at times I don't believe that broader community does. We need to promote the wonderful work that's done. We need to celebrate the successes because, Henry, you and I know that teaching changes lives uh, and we need great people who are comfortable, prepared to do the work, have the resources available to them to be able to do that. You know, there's there's constant conversation around working conditions, around salary, uh, around pressure in the job, around 
angst of children and, and families. And yes, these are all part of it, but we're hearing all of the negatives consistently and we're not yet not necessarily having the chance to celebrate the wonderful positives that we see. And somehow we have to get a balance so that young people say, this is something for me, this is what I want to do because it does make such a difference. Good point, Andrew. Want to take a short break? Can you hold the line? I certainly can. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. I'm in the middle of a discussion with Andrew Dalgleish, the president of the VPA, the state of um, state education from a leadership angle. Welcome back, Andrew. Thank you, Henry. Now, it it uh, it would be remiss not to not to mention an issue that is of concern, and I'm sure we'll navigate our way through it in the best interests of, of our kids. But uh, and I know the EBA is an industrial issue, but the and it's on everybody's lips. The time in lieu provision, and there's a lot of talk about how um, in public schools a lot of uh, activities such as camps and excursions could be curtailed under this provision. Um, that would be a dreadful shame. Um, how do you see that issue and is there light at the end of the tunnel? Because none of us want to, a lose-lose out of that one. Oh, look, we, we certainly don't, Henry. And, and for those of us who have been in education for a long time, uh, we absolutely understand the importance of camps and excursions. You know, they bring to life the learning in a classroom, but they also engage children and teachers with each other on a, on a different level. Um, I, I think back to my school days and I can remember as a, as a young lad heading off to summer's camp. Now, I've also been fortunate to go to summer's camp as a, as a teacher. I've seen both sides of it. Um you know, we, we want these programs to be available. We want our children to be able to take part in them. The challenge that we're facing at the moment is is with the new agreement, there are time or formal time in lieu provisions that have now been put in place. Uh, what, we're, what we're waiting for, certainly, and, and working with the department, is developing what those guidelines will look like. Um, at this stage, there's still some concern from school leaders because we start to plan or book those camps 12 months in advance. And we need to know what that's going to look like, how we're going to provide that release for our teachers after they've been on a school camp. Uh, and and you know we're, we're hoping to get that clarity in the next couple of weeks in the form of uh, implementation guidelines being released. Mm, no, it's a good point. And it is an issue that uh, at the end of the day, we certainly don't want our teachers burnt out by too much work but at the same time we love to have our kids going on camp now Andrew I was reading uh, while we're talking about the positives you it, it reminded me of a piece I read in the educator online a, a very good uh, publication that comes out daily um, and there was a piece there on longevity in the profession and uh, the educator online were talking to people who have been in the system for some considerable time and not only survived but thrived. Now, now you've been in the profession for uh, quite a few decades, I might suggest, and uh, you still hold your energy and your verve. Um, from your perspective, what are, the, what are the keys to avoiding burnout and, uh, and uh, cynicism and an early retirement? Look, it's a really interesting question, Henry, and you also have been able to sustain and maintain a connection as well. But I think part of it is there's also a need to understand who you are personally, 
what what drives you, what interests you, and how you stay grounded and connected. Um, you know, for me, like like many of my colleagues, it's certainly been my family and my community and, and active engagement in sport and so on. So interest outside of the school, uh, interest outside of our work, which can can take so much of our time. Uh, but it also comes back constantly to why did I enter the profession? Well, to make a difference for young people. Uh, and, and I think if you ask every educator, that's the key for them. Uh, for many of them, though, <laughs> the challenges that we face can be quite demanding. We know that. And, and again, you know that through your work with schools and communities for such a long time. Um, you know, we, we know that every 10 weeks there will be a break from that absolute intense daily work involving children, families, communities and staff. So it's to try and, and utilise that for some downtime yourself. Uh, doesn't mean you, that principals will get the whole time. In fact, many of them continue to work throughout that, uh, that, that two-week non-contact time with children. Um, but it's, it's getting absolute balance where possible and being able to switch off. Now, for some people, that, that can come easily. For others, we have to train ourselves to do that. And I think it's important that we, that we do stop and think about how do we step away from the work that we do? How do we refresh? How do we reconnect, whether it be through exercise, we look at our diet, we look at our well-being, and, and we talk with colleagues and friends around things that may be challenging us more so. Um, I would like to think as a profession we've become much better at that over the last uh, decade or so, and there is an awareness of, of, of the impact that the work has had. Uh, certainly, we know that our department has put in place principal health and well-being programs as an acknowledgement that Yes, this is an incredibly tough job, uh, but we as, as individuals also need to take action ourselves and not just wait for somebody to do it for us. Mm. Now, nationally, I know the VPA are involved at uh, um, national forums, AGPAS one, APAS another one, they're acronyms for <coughs> national uh, principal groups. Uh, what's going on on that scene at the moment in terms of, you know, um, ensuring a healthy profession? So, Henry, the first time since uh, since COVID commenced and since I, I became president of the, the Victorian Principals Association, uh, I was privileged enough to go and meet with presidents uh, of, of every other government primary school association in our country two weeks ago. Um, this was immediately following the, uh, the federal election. Uh, so, so the work that we do there is, is very much around how do we represent, in this case, government primary school education to the Federal Education Minister. Uh, what we have coming up uh, throughout November is submissions for the national uh, funding agreements uh, and, and we certainly will be putting in submissions for that around the absolute importance of funding equity uh, for government primary school students and government schools across Australia. Um, you know, we talk about the Gonski Review and what that was intended to do uh, and what it may or may not have delivered to date. Now, we, we strongly believe of the importance of that equity and, and getting our, our school resources standard funding up to 100% of what should be provided. You know, resourcing continues to be a significant issue in our government schools and, you know, fundamentally a country is as resourceful or as resource-rich as ours, we absolutely need to be providing the appropriate funding to ensure excellent education for all. And that's that's a really strong part of the, the work that we do on a national uh, a national level. Mm. 
Now, we're talking of hopeful signs. Um, I know personally I am. Uh, you, I'm sure, will be meeting with him soon. The new Federal Minister for Education, uh, Jason Clare. Um, helpful noises coming from his direction. Um, am, am, I, am I being too optimistic? <laughs> Look, Henry, there, there are. Um, and, and certainly Jason has been on the front foot uh, as, as our new minister. Uh, around that that absolute belief in in and importance of government uh, government schooling, um, again we too are, are trying to organise to meet with him to to share what we're doing, to certainly commit to working together with with uh, with the minister in achieving all that we wish to for uh, for school students across our nation. Um, again, he will be incredibly busy as he gets to understand his portfolio, but uh, we're absolutely knocking on the door to speak with him. Absolutely. Time's got away from us as always, Andrew. Um, always a pleasure and always uplifting. And uh, look, I commend you on the on the um, approach you take. It's 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 a sensible one. You haven't got your head in the sand about issues, but at the same time, you do provide that important spark of enthusiasm and hope that uh, that we need in our profession. So thank you for that, and thank you so much for your time again uh, in being available for our podcast. You're absolutely welcome, Henry, and uh, and I thank you for your ongoing work in schools, as I do for every principal in every school every day. It, it's that's where the real work is, and it's where we continue to make such a positive difference for uh, for our students and our, our children. Absolutely, thank you. That was Andrew Delgleish, uh, President of the Victorian Principals Association, a great advocate for principals in government uh, schools across our state, and dare I say, on a national basis too. We'll take a short break. 